When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's been three games now in the new La Liga season and Aleti have seven points and they have done quite well and after on the day of recording this it's not been long since Aleti kind of had the biggest away win ever in La Liga, which is fantastic. So we are going to be talking about all of that and the deadline day of the transfer window is approaching and we have I think less than forty eight hours. So we are going to be talking about the possible departures and arrivals. And we are also going to be previewing a latest clash against Sevilla. So joining me to talk about all of this is a guy I respect so much, a guy who is knowledgeable about La Liga, despite the fact that he is a fan of Brighton. So, Kelf, welcome once again to the podcast. How are you doing? Uh, thank you very much. I'm, uh, I'm well, thank you. How are you? Well, I'm good, but I'm sure you are more excited than I am because... Uh, I think there's a good news for Brighton which will be announced anytime soon. Hopefully, hopefully. Uh, hopefully a, a certain uh, Ansu Fati is, is, is coming on loan for the season, but uh, which is crazy. But uh, yeah, that, that, that's great news for us, but even better news for, for you guys for a fantastic start for the season. Yeah, for sure. It's been a great start to the season, despite the... Negative, uh, let me not say negative, but a result which Alice did not want, which is the zero draw in Seville against Betis. But we all know the Stadio Benito Villa Marine is not an easy ground to visit because um, you kind of have the fans, and then you also have Betis, who are a very good team, and they were one of the teams who could have made it to the Champions League last season because they were in the race for Champions League places, but kind of fell off towards the end of the season. So they have a good team and Pellegrini has been there for a while, which means he has kind of installed his ideas in his players and everything. So while we're raising it in it, let's just jump right to it. So Kelf, um, on match day one, you have Aleti playing against Granada. You have kind of mixed feelings because um you have um, Aleti playing, but they did not do so well, but they kind of did enough to get over the line because I think Aleti were good enough. And then a certain someone scored for Granada, Samu Omorodion. Later, days later, you have Aleti signing him. And then on March Day 2 against Betis, was not so good. And one of the things you could see from March Day 1 and March Day 2 was the fact that Aleti were fatigued. And you'll be surprised that the season is starting and Aleti are fatigued. But it was down to their poor preseason they had. The poor preseason they had. They have traveling from Madrid to Korea, from Korea back to Mexico, which like maybe traveling from one end of the world to the other. And then from Korea to San Francisco, from San Francisco back to Madrid. So you kind of have not really a very good preseason because you have a lot of traveling and that kind of affected Aleti's start to the season. But with excuses aside, Kelf, um, what's your opinion on how Aleti has started this? Because you said it was fantastic result-wise, but 
what's your opinion on the performances? Uh, well, I, I agree with you uh, in terms of the performances. The performance against Granada w w wasn't great as a team, but it's. Um, I don't think it's easy to to play against a, a newly promoted team because they have they they carry the momentum from doing well in in the second division or in the segunda from the year before. Granada, I thought, played played quite well. It was competitive, but most top clubs have a crazy preseason like what you just mentioned. So. Um, I think it just it is what it is. It's accepted now. It's not ideal, but most top clubs do it. So it kind of evens itself out over the course of the season. Yeah, I don't think the performance against Granada was great. I thought Asper de Quetta as an individual played very well. And um, I was a bit nervous when Atleti signed him. But I think if Simeone uses him in the back three, I think you've got a fantastic addition. Um, in the game against Betis, it was a very even game. A draw was a fair result. I don't think Atleti played well in the first half. They were much better in the second half when um, when uh, Simeone uh, made a couple of changes. And I'm just trying to remember. I think Barrios came on and 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 played very very well. Gave them more control. Allowed to pull to play higher up the pitch, which I think is important. And yeah, you guys had chances, and on another day would have won it. And against Rio, it was. I mean, Rio were poor, but you lot were were absolutely brilliant. Um, from the first minute you were on it, aggressive, doing the right things on the ball. Saul was, that was the Saul of five, six years ago. Um, Molina was was brilliant, who's, in my opinion, the best right back in La, in La Liga. Um, I, think, I think I said it on my Twitter thing after the game. The only Atleti player that didn't really play well was Carrasco um, at Rio. Everyone else was, was fantastic. Even the subs that came on, whether it was uh, uh, Morata, Correa... Um, and uh, one or two others that came on, they were just brilliant. And um, the performances have been okay across the three games, but um, you don't want to start the season brilliantly. You want to build up to it. And uh, and I think Atleti, they've and and the most important thing for me is you guys have have kept the same style from the last six months of last season because we've all been here before where Simeone's gone and ended the season well, ripped everything up, tried to start again, and it's all collapsed pretty quickly. Where that's not going to be the case. And I'm very confident in saying that I know you have some doubts, but you guys will be title contenders. And I actually think you guys will will go quite deep in, into the Champions League as well. Um, well, Kev, um, like you've rightly said, uh, Atleti kind of, um, they have done well, the result-wise and also performance-wise, like it's not been bad, but it's been okay. And in the Granada game, like you said, it's difficult playing against a newly promoted team because you have that momentum which comes with promotion and you also have a little bit of unpredictability. Even though they have played friendly matches, but most of the times, newly promoted sites kind of buy a lot of new players and it's not easy playing against them. And that game was really quite brilliant for Paco Lopez because you have him mirroring yeah. Atleti's 5-3-2 in and out of possession, but with a little bit of difference because what he did was he went like when Aritia are playing like you have a they kind of went for like a man-oriented press and then it's like everybody's man for man but the difference where was the fact that um the full uh, sorry the center backs that's the white center backs of Granada were not like proactive to jump and then you also have in possession you have Melendo he was like the free man and that caused a little problems because it was easy for Granada to find him and in those little pockets of spaces because it was really amazing to see what Paco Lopez did in that game because when I said he went mirror what I let it, you have um, Kalion as a wing back, and we know Kalion is 
a winger who is very good dribbler. So it was kind of amazing. Then you have um, Samu, who is now a little player, has been loaned out to Alaves, acting as maybe their own free player in Griezmann, but with different characteristics and different roles. It was quite good. And in the Betis game, I think the heat was one of the factors because you have a team who is like fatigued mm-hmm. and they are playing under condition. It was not easy. Because you could see in the first half, I was like surprised because the team were pressing and you have certain players who were like coming late. Like for example, there was a sequence in the first half where Griezmann, Memphis and Lema are pressing and then they are like separated from the rest of the team. And then you have players jumping late. For example, you know when there's a pressing trigger, what happens? It's like everyone is active. But now you have players running, jumping late and especially they Paul in that game. And for a team like Betis, whose game is mostly focused on those um, overloads on the wide areas, it was quite easy for them to like progress. But I think they were like four sequences where they were able to bypass our latest press on the wing and finding a free man because what happens? You have players jumping late. I think in the first the first chance they created in the game, which I think a uh, fullback um, shot just went wide, you have Depot jumping late. In the second half, they created three similar occasions. Two were productive. The other one came out from a corner kick. So I think the heat kind of affected everything. And Cholo kind of even said in his post-match press conference, conference, which was like, at halftime, we told the guys that it's true that the temperatures are not favorable, but we want you to run. And then you have the game changer, which was Pablo Barrios. Him coming on to that game kind of changed yeah. everything because if you maybe watch a compilation of him from the game, you have him being aggressive, his timing on his timing and which is jump, and you have him instigating the press, which is something um, Koke usually does. So that was quite, kind of fantastic. And then in the game against Rayo, you have Aleti continuing the way they played the second half, and they were like a lot of press, press, which was great to see them press high, a lot of energy and intensity. And like you said, Rayo kind of made a mess, but Aleti was really good. And it was quite good because Aleti were clinical. And we have complained about Morata, and Solo said um, he is expecting Morata to have an 18 goals a season, and Morata is already on. I think that's um, two goals now, so that's fantastic. So, a lot of positive energy for Maleti in the start of the season because, like you said, they are bailed on. The first game was not so good, but it was the good over the line. The game against Betty first half was very poor. Second half, a different game. Let me a, 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 a perfect game, but a very good game against um, against um, Rayo. So, Kevu and some, you said you were, everyone was good um, except Carrasco. That is true. And we are going to talk touch on him later because it's as if his head was not in Madrid, but his head was in Saudi Arabia. So, um, Kelly, from the opening three games, who are those players you has imp- have impressed you the most? Uh, a lot, really. Um, well, Barrios is probably the main one, but again, I'm I'm not gonna say that was a surprise. We we spoke on a couple of occasions about Barrios last year, and I was frustrated that he wasn't getting minutes because I could see the talent that he had. You've perfectly stated what he's excellent at, not just as you said, knowing when to to press and to close down and and to be aggressive. But I think. And the thing is, on the ball, I mean, in the Betis game, he, he played a, an incredibly beautiful defence-splitting pass. I think it might have been either to Griezmann or to, or to DePaul. Uh, I can't remember who it was to, but he, he has the ability to open teams up. I think that, in your current system, that role in front of the back three is perfect for him. I know that we're going to talk about whether Atleti should go into the market because we know Simeone wants another defensive midfielder. I don't think he should at all. I think... Coque and Barrios in those roles, perfect. You don't need to touch anything. 
with that. I think, as I mentioned earlier, I think Azpilicueta, when he has played, has been very good on the right as a right centre-back um, in the back three. I think in the back three, another player who I really like in a back three is Mario Hermoso. I think he's brilliant on the ball. We saw it against Rio for the second goal. He, he drives forward, he drives into space, plays a beautiful pass down down the line for Saul, who crosses it for Memphis. Um, yeah, Hermoso, I think, in, in a back three is is brilliant and um, and has started the season well because he needed to. He's had a couple of difficult seasons. And I think because you're playing a more possession-based game, you get the best out of Rod- Rod- Rodrigo de Paul, who's fantastic um, on the ball, his ability to, to open teams up. He, cr- he sets up Griezmann w- with a cross and and his um, he's not great off the ball. He's not as good off the ball as the others, but you as a team, you you retain the ball and keep it better when De Paul's on it. He makes the right decision more often than not. And he, and he just gives um, a sense of calmness, I think, when he's on the ball, everyone realises the talent he has. And and it was good to see um, Molina come back in against Rio. As I mentioned earlier, he's probably the best right back in La Liga. He's crucial to the way you play on, on, on the right side. And um, if, yeah, if Molina can stay fit, as we've seen from the end of last season, and as we saw on on Monday, he can add goals as well. Um, well, Gov, that's actually a good list of players you have listed, uh, and it's actually incredible because uh, the players you listed is also the same players I have, and Depot has been the top of my list. In my opinion, he has been amongst one of the best midfielders in La Liga this season. I know the season just started, but he has been his, his performances have been very good because in that um, right um, interior where. Lorente shine through the title winning season. He has been performing fantastic there because, like you said, Alete having returning the ball more kind of bring the best out of him because we know his best ability comes when he is to open up defensive with different with splitting with um, defense splitting passes like the one he gave assist he gave for Molina against Rayo for Alete's third goal. So we are kind of seeing the best version of the ball because an environment has been created for him to bring the best out of him. I think that's an aspect of the game where I think many fans ignore because you have players and players are human beings and like and which means they are animals. And you know when an animal is in his natural in natural a habitat where he feels comfortable or a habitat where he knows he can actually be be productive, what happens? You actually see results and that's actually the case with the ball at the moment because He's playing in a role or has a role in the team, which is kind of it's true. Defensively, you have to do the job, but on the ball, he has more responsibility, as we saw. Griezmann assists, Molina assists, and that is fantastic. As for Barrios, well, he's been great, and like you said, you have last season you mentioned you were frustrated that he does not have a lot of minutes, and I was coming to his defense that maybe they are managing him more, but he has shown that he can take initiative, and though he was. He has been incredible in the last two games. He has played on and off the ball, but against Rayo, I think um, he showed signs of maturity and there were also signs that he still has a lot to improve in some of his decision-making and passes because you have a scenario in the second half where he's trying to like do, I think, maybe a little bit of showbooting and then he loses the ball and Rayo has a chance to score and you have Savi speaking to him and like, like saying tranquilo, something of that sort, the game is not finished next time, all those type of things. So I think he is growing and what a perfect a perfect opportunity for him to grow alongside Kuke, which in my opinion is a guy I think Barros is going to inherit a lot from. Maybe a future captain of Valencia and the rest. And you talk about Molina, who has been the best midfielder in La Liga since January. 
which is fantastic for Haliti. And then it's like Cholo has a team who he's happy with. And it's like the players who are coming off the bench, you know, they want to be starting and they are trying to prove a point because you have Haliti's bench is kind of fantastic. And the depth this season is just just so incredible. So, um, Kev, before we move on to talk about um, Carrasco's departure and the transfers, tactically, what has stand out for you in the first three games? Uh, well, the main thing that stood out for me is for the fact that, um, as I mentioned earlier, he's actually kept things quite similar from the end of um, last season. Because we know, as if we've been here in the past with, 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 uh, with Cholo, where he ends the season well and then he decides to revert back or he decides to do something different. So the fact that he's kept um, the 3-5-2 shape uh, the fact that you guys are playing from the back a little bit more, not all the time, but there's a bit more of a, of a balance, which is, which is good because then the, um, the opposition then has to not only um, plan to, to press you high, but they have to think, well, if let's see, they can go long, they can go wider to, to the wing backs or, or a lot, actually, what a lot of teams do now, Oblak, let's just take, for example, Oblak rolls it to Hermoso and then Hermoso will go direct, which you guys do more when Morata plays, which is understandable because of Morata's aerial presence and 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 the good thing is that I think you're adapting better because you realise you, you, we can't really go long with Memphis, so we have to play with it more on the floor and 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 with Griezmann having the freedom to go where he wants and be like, well, the space is on the right, so I can drop to the right or I can drop into midfield, but. And, I, and as you said earlier, the the desire to keep pressing high up the pitch, because usually in the past it would be you do it for a bit and then, then sit back. But against Betis, as you said, he was Cholo was very demanding and you know, keep going, keep going. I mean, he said it, he kept saying, repeating it in the calling break against um, Granada. He kept saying that we need to keep attacking, keep attacking, keep attacking and keep being positive. And, and you guys have top players to do that. And... Um, so I think I think the fact that he's he's settled down as, as you mentioned he's he's got a lineup he's got a system that suits him it suits the players the small tweaks for every opponent because every opponent is is different and and as you said Barrios is going to learn a lot from just going on Barrios again he's going to learn a lot from Koke they're very similar and um, yeah I mean I like your point about Barrios being a future Athletic captain well um, hopefully. He stays and the big boys don't come knocking and he leaves like Roji left for Man City. Well, this is true, but I pray he stays. And like you said, um, Chulu having a, like, what is functioning now? Because I can recall last season before the World Cup, we were like, what is happening? It's like he does not know what to do, blah, 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 and the rest. But it seems like he knows what he wants. And like you said, from the um, post at the Hidrasong break, which for Aleti fans is very special for us. And I'm sure you know why. Yeah, yeah, of course. And to those who are listening to Aliti fans, um, the cooling break is special for us because <laughs> it was a turning point for Aliti in the game against Osasuna. And uh, I think some Real Madrid fans are still crying up to now because they were like, why is there a cooling break? Why is there a cooling break? And that changed everything for Aliti. So um, back on the point, <laughs> <laughs> back to where we're talking about. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't resist myself because I don't know those guys. <laughs> so um, back to Aliti and like you said, um, Cholo has something which is good now. And if you look at one of the things I'm happy with this transfer window is because the profiles which were brought in kind of suits what Aliti already had and ended the season with last season. I think you can agree with me on this. Aspilicueta, a right back or a right centre back, 
Galan can do well as a wing back, can also do well as a left back, and at least we also link with um, uh, and now Martinez who can do, do a similar thing to what Aspilicueta is doing. So you look at the profiles which have been brought in, like profiles who kind of suit so the excuse me, the three five two which Aliti or five three two which Aliti used last season and kind of dominated La Liga, and they have continued to do that. Where kind of gave me a little bit of positives that I said like these guys actually have a plan. And they are actually bringing people who suits what um, Cholo has to agree. So, um, Kelf, enough of that. Um, we're moving now to maybe talk about potential uh, transfers. And it's like um, Carrasco will be on his way to Saudi Arabia. And it's as if he really wants to go because his performances has not been great. And I'm not saying he wants to leave because he's been performing poor, but it's as if he said he's not in the game. And Cholo wants to keep him because of what he offers. And um, if you've been listening to the show, Carrasco has been a very important piece of the Cholo's new system or Cholo Taka because Aliti kind of created a wide overload on the right-hand side where you have intricate passing and if they're not successful with it with off-the-ball movement of running to the half spaces from either Griezmann, Korea, or maybe Molina making an out to in run, then you kind of have a switch of play to the left-hand side which you have Carrasco with the 1v1 and given his ability on the ball and how good he is in, in dribbling, he kind of creates success, um, so have, um, has a higher chance of succeeding and then create chance for So that's the reason why Chola has been holding on to him. But it seems like he wants to leave. And at the moment, it looks like there has there have been an agreement at the time of recording between Aliti and um, the, Saudi, um, the Saudi club who wants to sign him. So, um, Kev, my question is, how does Carrasco living impact the team, given that his profile, the type of player he is, it's not easy to have at the market, like have a very good dribbler who is consistent, like he was in the title winning season. So how do you think his departure kind of affect Aliti? But as you mentioned, he's an important player for, for, for Cholo and um, won't be easy to replace. But I think you've got three different but very, very good options. Probably the closest from what we've seen earlier on this season is is Lino. I think he's he's younger and is a bit more raw because he's only had a year at Valencia, but I think he does have similarities to Carrasco. Um, he likes to dribble 1v1. He's very good at that. He, c- he can stay wide, as you mentioned, and be ready for the switch of play. You've also got Javi Galan, who I think could be very, very uh, big for you guys. Um, not a, He can play left wing back very, very well. When, he, when I first watched him, it, it was at Huesca and he was playing as a left wing back in the back three. So I think that suits him perfectly. And you've also got Rodrigo Raquelme who can play out there. So um, I personally don't think if Carrasco does go, I don't think you guys need to go into the market at all uh, to replace him. I think um, that I've seen enough in Lino in his year at Valencia that I, I know you asked me last year, could all three of them, ret- could those guys come back? And I said, yes. And I think in this system, in this wing back role, yeah, it will, t- it, it will take Lino from a defensive point to understand a bit, but He's more than capable of, of doing it. He's probably the best option in terms of he's the, the closest to Carrasco in terms of their qualities um, for the stuff I've mentioned. But um, yeah, I, I wouldn't... It's not ideal to lose Carrasco, but Carrasco at his age, th- there was going to be a decline at some point, either this season or, or next season. So I actually think it's actually a good thing. We can sell him... We've got two youngsters plus Javi Galan who's, who's come in. And Simeone, yeah, maybe for a couple of weeks, he may, if Carrasco goes, he may have to 
rotate to find the perfect option. And it may be based on the opposition that you guys are playing. But I think providing that Lino and, and Raquel may stay, which I think they will do, I, I really don't see um, any real problems with Carrasco leaving. Um, well, I agree with you. And I think now is, is basically the perfect time for him to leave because, like you just mentioned, Aleti has Lino, who has a lot of similarities with him. And if you want to know more about Lino, we recorded an episode on how he's similar to Carrasco and the rest. So Aleti also have Galan, who is who can provide similar qualities to him. And we know Galan is also a very good dribbler. And his stats says that because in the last three seasons, I think he's been the, in, among the top three best dribblers in La Liga. So, Aleti kind of is the best time to lose him, but it seems Cholo is not bent on losing, which is why I beg the question if you are not bent on losing the guy, then why are you so keen on keeping Rikelme? Why did Aleti sign Galan, who has no futures yet, and you have Lino? So, I think it's the best time to lose Carrasco, in my opinion. And I'm happy to let him go because I think. Getting, let me not say getting rid, but getting, but let him go, and then you have funds to maybe reinforce a position, which I think is very necessary for this moment, which is a holding midfielder. Because it's true, yes, Barrios has done well in the games he's played so far, but we don't want to burn him out, and we want to like kind of use him and let him have the minutes. And I think Aleti need an extra midfielder because in the bigger games I'm not so sure about Byros. I believe he can do it but I'm not so confident in allowing him to sit in front of the back three given some of the things I said against Rival like he kind of gets carried away at times and gives the boy away a little bit too easy. I think those are things that will come with age but I think Aliti kind of needs another DM and letting go of Carrasco kind of free up the wages and also bring in funds for Aliti to maybe finance a Z for a DM. And um, on the topic about um, a DM curve, I just want to ask them, um, do you actually think um, um, Aleti actually need reinforcement? Because I think they need one on the DM. Um, yeah, I mean, um, if it's the right um, defensive holding uh, pivot midfielder, then I understand it. Um, do they need it? Pr- probably for the points you've mentioned. Um, as you said, you don't want to burn Barry or Sal. Uh, I would actually be looking for maybe for maybe a loan with an option to buy. Um, but again, it depends on who's out there in the market. We we know that there's players that have been linked to you guys, Amrabat and, and Hoybjerg in particular. But um, we'll see what happens. I mean, I know uh, I know that Cholo wants one. We know very publicly that he wants another defensive midfielder. I still personally look at, 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 at a more natural right wing back, uh, right wing back, because as I've mentioned, I don't like the idea of, of, of sorry, of Aspilicueta playing higher on the right. I just don't think he has the pace and mobility anymore. Um, I would go and get Arnel Martinez from Girona. For me, that would be an absolute no-brainer if the finances allowed it. But for this season, out of the two areas, yeah, a, a, an extra defensive midfielder is probably the more of the priority. But, um, yeah, so I understand that. Um, wanting an extra holding midfielder to, as you said, to be able to rest and rotate from Barrios. But, you know, Koke will be back soon. Koke generally is, is generally a very fit player. He, he doesn't uh, get injured too much. So I don't think it'd be, it'd be the end of the world if you didn't get one. But I understand Cholo uh, wanting to, to bring one in. 
Well, um, Kefa kind of agree with a lot of things you said. Um, like you said, it will not be the end of the world, but the issue now will be, I think, come um, January, where that's the area where your squad is being tested. And like we are saying, Aliti has a lot of squad there, which is good, but I think you and I know there are a lot of players with if. Like when I recorded um, the first episode for this season um, with um, Ajuani Futi, which is a legal system on Twitter, he kind of said Aliti are good and they can actually challenge for the title and have a good run in the Copa de Rey. But now you have a lot of ifs, and the ifs comes with injury. We know of Jimenez, who is, who is not presently available for selection now because of an injury. We know of Savish. We know of Soyuncu, who just came back from an injury. And we have Memphis, who was injured in the game against Rayo. And we have Lima, who is just coming back from injury. So the fact that Alicia has there, but you have a lot of injury-prone players. And like you said, with Koke, he's a very fit player. But we all know he has stretches within the season where he missed two to three games or four games or a month where he is not fit. And then after that, he is fit for the rest of the season. So that's another issue now with the if. So... I can actually understand why Cholo is also asking for more depth because with more depth, you can actually have in games where what happens, you can actually play Koke higher. And we all know how intelligent and how good of a footballer Koke is. Because I feel like in the game against Rayo, Aliti were outstanding and it was great to see them score seven goals. But one of the negatives I took from the game was the fact that without Koke on, the, on that pitch, we lost that kind of a ball retention because there were times in which we did not need to advance play, but we were so... Let me say, excited for more goals, which is not a bad thing, which was good. But what happens? We kind of turn over position to Rayo. And I'm just thinking, if that was a team of higher quality, what happens to us? So, you understand what I'm saying? So, yeah, I believe um, if we have a, defend, a defensive midfielder, which is something we have been crying for since the departure of Rodri and Pate and we brought in Kondobia, but sadly, he was not that guy. So, if we can actually have a defensive midfielder, I think the squad is good to go. And that is also care of... Um, <clears throat> finishing on the transfer window, um, what's your opinion on Felix? Because it seems as you guys are having Ansu Fati, which is actually a great deal for you guys, given that you guys are playing in Europe this season and you guys have an exciting coach and the whole world is kind of excited to watch you guys, I myself included. Um, it seems like um, Barcelona may be in for Felix and he has said publicly that he wants to go to Barca and it's as if the transfer window is not going to close with him being a lazy player. Do you think um, him leaving Aleti is good for him? Because I believe him leaving Aleti is fantastic for everybody. Yeah, I think that's the the perfect word. Uh, the perfect word. I think it's brilliant. Um, I think the only disappointing thing about it is that he hasn't left Aleti sooner. He he should have gone sooner, but these things happen. But um, yeah, I think it's it's perfect for for everyone, and. Um, yeah, I mean, he's not going to be used at Atleti. He's fallen out, as far as I can tell, he's fallen out with pretty much everyone apart from Samuel Lino. And um, it suits everyone. Um, I don't think it's the greatest move for Barcelona, actually, uh, because he's not really wanted by, by Xavi, but Laporta's in charge and he's going he's gonna to do that. And, um, and hopefully for you guys, he goes to our Barcelona and does well because then someone can then buy him and then you can rebuild and, and move on. Well, um, I'm pretty sure that if he does well at Barca, then I think, his, like you said, his transfer value can kind of skyrocket, which is what I think we were hoping last season with the loan to Chelsea, because if he does fantastic, especially in the Premier League, what happens? I think can maybe even have maybe three quarter of what they paid for him. And like you said, his, him living will be great for everybody. So, Kev, um, we have talked about Alicia's first three games. We have talked about some of the players who have impressed and um, we have talked about um, the possible transfer window and how that will affect, um, sorry, and that 
and those who need to come in where Aleti needs to strengthen. So um, Aleti are be playing um, Sevilla this weekend, and um, Sevilla actually struggling because they are actually bottom of the table in La Liga. Yes, Sevilla, which is quite surprising given they had a great run, and then so it was the end of last season, which also led to a Europa League um, triumph. We all know how Sevilla is. If La Liga was changed today to the Europa League, I'm sure we know Sevilla wins it. From now to the day, the name will be changed. So, um, Kerf, Sevilla are struggling, and I would say to those who watch La Liga, it's not really much of a surprise because, firstly, you don't have a lot of improvement on their squad, and then, secondly, one of the things who made them good losses was um, a certain guy called um, Brian Gill, which was an explosive winger. I'm not saying he did it on his own, but he kind of made the attacks back. And this season, you kind of have it's like looking at the Sevilla's squad, Kerf, it's like you have you are feeling like these guys have had this team for. They start in 11, you have had this team for like the past five years. It's true they have had additions like Dodi Lukabakio, a player who I'm a fan of, given I've watched him play in the Bundesliga for Yota Berlin. And I also watched him score his first career trick against Bayern Munich at the Allianz Arena against Manuel Neuer. So they also brought in Gibriso, another player I'm a fan of who played for Frankfurt and a very good defensive midfielder. Someone maybe at least could have brought in. So they have brought in a lot of, let me not say a lot of players, but they have strengthened key areas. And but the results are not going. What do you think is a problem for what has been the problem for Sevilla in their opening three games? Because they have actually played two games at the Ramos Sanchez Pitrana that have lost them against Valencia and Girona. And it's not been a great showing because you have Europa League winners. They put on a very great showing against uh, Man City in the Super Cup. And in my opinion, they were unlucky to lose that game. Penalty can go anybody's way, but they had created pretty much the best chances in the game. So, Kev, what do you think is wrong? What has, do you think is wrong for Sevilla at the moment? in the La Liga? Well, I think Sevilla, have, um, they just haven't played well, really. They were poor against Valencia on, on the opening night. Valencia deserved to win. They were fantastic. Uh, they went to Alaves and defensively and in, and in midfield, I think everything just appeared to be broken. Um, I, I didn't watch all of the Girona game, so I can't, I, I only really saw the second half, but I think the thing with Sevilla... They play Mendilibar's way, which is it is exciting to watch. It's it's direct, but when you've got good technical players, particularly like Rakitic, I think there's got to be a bit more patience in in the build up. I remember what going back to the Europa League final against Roma, and they were playing long balls, and I was screaming at the telly, "Give it to Rakitic and be patient, and you will get chances." And 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 just that calmness and. And I think, and I think the biggest thing I can say about Sevilla, and it's a, and it's a criticism I've laid at, at Atleti and Simeone in the past, is that they're too predictable. Um, Sevilla, it, it's get the ball wide, it's get the ball into the box, and hope that Enziri will get on the end of it. And I think w- when you do that for a while, teams work you out, and you need to do something different. And Suso can provide that. And you mentioned about their squad. I think the problem is with with Sevilla is. Um, a lot of their players are aging, so they're trying to sell them now, but they're not getting that much money for them. And they are trying to, to, to rebuild. And, and, and the guys you've mentioned, um, Saul and, and the winger, are, are, are clearly part of that. And they've got um, Tecatito to come back in after a, a whole season out injured. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it's been a very disappointing start. I didn't think... I didn't think they'd be as good as last season, but I didn't think they'd start this bad. They're the only team in La Liga that doesn't have a point, and they go to they go to the Metropolitano on Sunday. We'll just have to see what what happens. But I think Mendilibar will 
will, will be himself. He'll press you guys high to try and, and get the ball back as early as, as, as possible. But I think if you guys play at your level, you 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 you, you will pick up uh, you'll pick up all three points. Um, well, Kev, like you said, everyone knows what to expect from Sevilla, and like you mentioned when we're talking about Aliti, that despite the fact that they have maybe how they want to play, but opponent is different, and you have to tweak things. And one of the things I think they found success running towards the end of last season, which they almost came from fighting relegation to finishing for European place, was the fact that. Soso had a little bit of a more central role, which was kind of good because Minziba kind of rejuvenated him, and that was actually great to see. But I think, and that also contributed to maybe them having a little bit of chance creation from central areas and not just wide, because under Minziba, we all know what to expect, a lot of crosses from the wide areas. But now, this season, is like, everybody are like, wow, yes, he came last season, maybe he took us by surprise, and now this is, we know what to expect, and now we know how to counter that. And like you said, one of the things that made them win the Europa League was the change they made in the final, not in terms of personnel, but in terms of their approach. Kind of slowed things down, a little bit of ball retention, circulation, and they were keen the timing of when to maybe send it out wide for a cross or when to maybe hold it longer to draw the opponent to create good crossing situation because Menzeliba is a fan of volume over quality. But I think if he can be a little bit patient and create those good quality chances, especially those ones that are good for you have crossing situation because they are very good crossers in the, of the ball, be it Adrian Josa, be it Acuna who is out injured, or be it Navas. So I think for them, what they lack is patience. And that was one of the things I was looking forward to this summer because I tweeted some of the things I'm looking forward to this summer. You had, I tweeted on Laria, I tweeted on Jona, I also tweeted on Sevilla because I wanted a little bit of patience from Menzili Batsin because we know he's a high-pressing coach, energetic, very direct, but what happens? You can't do that all the time because you are a Sevilla and what happens? Majority of the teams will have to sit deep against you because... You are not at Iba, you are not at a club where you are fighting relegation and maybe you are the underdog all the time, but you are the club where I think at certain moments you will be underdog. And the game against Girona, they had spells where they were actually good, but the issue is now the consistency throughout the 90 minutes because you cannot just be keeping relying on creating chances from winning back the ball in the opponent's half, which was the case against Valencia, or you just rely on maybe playing long balls for an L3 or sending the ball away all the time. You have to be a little bit creative at them. I think that's what is missing. And the creativeness, I don't think it's from maybe a player's perspective, but also from a personnel. And from a player's perspective, I think they need an explosive type of winger in Brian Gill. And I'm surprised that for someone like Ebde Abzeru, it seems he is believing Barcelona and they are not actually in for the guy. So Abde, sorry. Abde, not Ebde, Abde. So they actually have to get things sorted out. And like you said, they have an aging squad and things have been not really good for them in terms of transfer windows because like Monchik was there and kind of messed up a bit. So they have to like maybe balance it because the club like Sevilla actually relies on transfers and it seems they are working on that. And Kev, um, talking about Sevilla, um, we know about the River Champions League draw too, that Sevilla is also involved in the draw. And it's as if, in my opinion, the draws for Spanish teams are actually quite favorable because I think the, there's a lot higher chances for the Spanish teams to actually leave the group because that of Real Madrid, uh, they have Napoli, Braga, and Young Berlin. It's not easy, but I believe they can easily make it or top the group. And as for that of Barcelona, they have a very favorable job with Porto, Shakhtar, and Antwerp. As for um, Sevilla, you have Arsenal, PSV, and Lens. And I think Sevilla will be winning of the chances with games against PSV and Lens. But we know those trips to Lens will not be easy because they actually did fantastic last season in 
league um, despite the fact that they lost their top scorer Openda to Leipzig and they also lost their captain Fofana. So it will not be easy f- despite the fact that they are be weakened but they sign I think Ziwahil from um, uh, I think it's I've forgotten but why he's actually was they actually linked to Aliti and also to Chelsea. And then um, you have um, Real Sociedad who actually have also in a very good group, a group where they can easily actually make it out. When I say easily, I'm not saying that it's easy for them, but you have Benfica, Inter and Salzburg. These are Inter, yes, alright, favorite, but I think against Benfica and Salzburg, those are clubs who might be on Larias level and they will be wearing up their chances. And as for Aliti, Aliti kind of have a good draw. Um, you are Fairnoid. I think um, when, if you watch the draws, when Aliti, when Fair, Aliti were paired up in the group where Fairnoid because Fernando was in Porto, at least in Porto, and you can actually see the smile on Gibari's face. They could not hold them back. You have Fernando, Lazio, and Celtic. So, Kefa, I think um, there's a higher chance of the Spanish team making it out of uh, the draw, uh, making it to the having five Spanish teams in the round of 16 because the draws are not that bad. Because the likes of Sevilla and Real Sociedad who are actually like second tier La Liga clubs, and they kind of dodge bullets in the facing the likes of Bayern, Man City, and Paris. So, uh, Kelf, what is your opinion on the draw for La Liga overall before we talk today about that of Aliti? Yeah, I, I agree with what you said. They're, they're quite good draws for, for the La Liga sides. Um, you expect Real Madrid to win their group. I expect you guys to, to win yours. Sevilla and Real Sociedad have it a little bit tougher, but as you mentioned, they they both have opportunities. Real Sociedad, you know, first year in the Champions League for a decade. It's, an, it's a slightly new experience for them, but they've definitely got a chance to do something. I think, particularly for Sevilla and Real Sociedad, it's going to be uh, their, the, um, their home games. If they can do really well at home, that could be enough to get them in the top two or, or, or dropping back into, into the uh, Europa League. And yeah, Barcelona have, have got a very straightforward group, which if they don't win it, in my opinion, Xavi's in big trouble. For sure, for sure. Well, um, it's, yeah, I know it's another European season and then we know a lot of things are going to be tested, like, for example, the pace of the game and we have that discussion coming up about La Liga being slow. But I believe um, Laria going to the Anueta, or the Nouveau Anueta going to um, Ramon Sachin Pichuan, those are not easy grounds. And I believe those home games will be key for Real Sociedad and, and um, Sevilla. If, they, if my opinion, if they can have actually achieve a result, like a draw at home to... In there or Arsenal, that would be actually great for Sevilla and um, and we also say that so that would be key on them. So Kev, um, you said Aliti should be top in a group where that was said last season and what happens? Aliti finished bottom of their group. So so like Aliti has um, recently Aliti has been struggling in the group stages of the Champions League and um, luckily we do not draw against a German team this season because it's like Simeon's record against German teams is not really the best. So, Kev, what's your, like, deep, let's do a little bit deep dive into it because you have Celtic, um, Celtic, you have Ange Postoglu, who was the coach of Celtic last season and now he's at Tottenham. So, you kind of have a change and in the League Cup, I think they already been knocked out. And as for PSV, I'm sorry, Fairnoid, they won the League last season, which was great and they had a fantastic season. But as always, with teams who are not in the top five leagues or with the lower teams, what happens to them? The bigger boys come for their best players. And for Fernando, they lost, I think, the Johan Cruyff club to um, PSV. So, and the start to the season has not been really solid, but they won this on March the 3 6 1. And as for Lazio, well, I kind of, that the only team I think I literally have been with that I watched last season because Saria, I'm a fan of how it's in place because 
I actually am a huge fan of a guy who plays for Lazio, Luis Alberto. I really love the guy. So you are kind of have um, a possession-based team in Lazio and how um, Sarri likes his team to play. Like it was evidence with Chelsea and you have the Sarri ball, like the English were calling it. So what's your opinion on this um, draw? Because the first thing I had from when the draws were completed is the fact that a lot of these teams, they are opposed to games, are going to suit Cholismo because they would love to have the ball. Yeah, I think there's going to be an interesting battle for possession, as you've mentioned, particularly in in the game against um, in the game against Lazio. And as you said, Atletico have, have found the group stage is a bit tougher in the last couple of years. But as we were talking earlier, in the last couple of years, Atletico have started seasons slowly and poorly by by Cholo being pretty confused and working out: is this the best lineup? Is it this? Whereas I think, for the fact that Cholo's more settled, and we've seen the benefits in La Liga. I think we'll see the benefits in, in the Champions League games. Um, of course, uh, those away games that you've got are, are not the easiest. Um, Lazio, um, Feyenoord and um, and Celtic in particular, you know, they're, they're not going to be the easiest away games, but y- you guys have got the quality and enough of your players have had enough Champions League experience to to come through that. So um, I'm, not ex- I'm, I'm expecting it to... I'm, I'm not expecting you guys to win... Five, six, seven, nil, and all of them. But you should you 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 should get through fairly straightforwardly. Probably Lazio in second, as you mentioned. Luis Alberto is a good player, and I think the Lazio game is going to be probably the toughest test. As you mentioned, Sarri loves his teams to dominate possession, and and it'll be interesting to see how how Simeone and and Afleti, um try and fix that. And 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 if you guys, and again, as you said, a lot of those teams are possession based. The, the best way, in my opinion, to, to beat a possession-based team, if you can, is to have the ball, because possession-based teams aren't used to not having the ball. Well, it's just common sense, really. You know, if if you can have a lot of possession in in the attacking part of the pitch and 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 pin the likes of Lazio and that, let's just let's just use Lazio as the main example. If you can get them back on the edge of their own box, then they're not used to counter-attacking. They're used to being doing the opposite of that. Now, I don't watch Lazio too much. You probably watch them more than I do, particularly after the, the point you made on, on Luis Alberto. But I assume that with Sarri, because I, I saw a number of his games with, with Chelsea, a couple against uh, against Brighton, that they want to play high up the pitch. They want to play in your half. So if you can turn that on them and, and get them back and pin them back in, you can't do that for 90 minutes. But if you can do that for the majority... You should be able to overwhelm them because you've got the quality. You've got the quality on on the ball, particularly the names we mentioned earlier. Play, which they which they should do, and the fact that you're creating more chances and, and in fact taking more chances mean that it's not going to be the because that's always been the problem for, for me watching Atleti over recently. Is that the problem's actually really been chance creation, which is now not really a problem because you're creating chances even when you're not playing well against Betis or or against Granada. And as I mentioned earlier, I generally believe that you you need a bit of luck in terms of you know needing crucial people to stay fit. But I generally believe if Atleti get out of the group, which which they should do, then that you guys can maybe do I don't know quarterfinals, maybe even semi finalists this year because I think you're that good. Ooh, well, like reality fans will say, why others? Why others sleep? We dream. <coughs> a lot of praise for reality and. That's nice. Um, Kelvin, I agree with what you said because I'm expecting um, actually Aleti to kind of do quite good this year because I believe a lot of teams who approach Aleti, like Rayo did. When I say Rayo, Rayo kind of actually pressed Aleti high and kind of actually wanted more of the ball. 
And um, I believe that the press will be a little bit will be more coordinated, and the press also will be more have more intensity in the press. And like you said, the away games in Celtic in again Glasgow against Celtic and against Feyenoord and against um, Lazio, they have actually very good fan bases. And we all know how a European night, for example, in Celtic can be because last I think is if it's not last season. Then I think the game against Real Madrid, I think last season, where they were actually actually good. They created a lot of transitional moments with Real Madrid by actually bypassing Real Madrid press. We all know Real Madrid don't have the best out of position, but they were actually good against um, Real Madrid. So games against those teams are good. And going back to the last year, like you said, um, I think um, Sari um, has kind of, um, how can I say, like adapted a lot because I would expect that in the home game, they would like to have the more of the ball. But in the away game, I think you are just an idea. I will not be surprised if he approaches the Atlético game, like how he did against... Inter because against the game against Inter last season, which Inter kind of won, they and they actually did what you are saying. They kind of staffed Lazio off the ball, made them defend in their own half for large parts of the area. And like you said, they are not so used to counter attacking, and Inter could easily um, shut down their counter attacks. And then Inter kind of create a lot of chances for that. So I believe that um, that which is this basically similar to what Aliti did versus C kind of press them high, react with good reaction to pressing triggers, and then kind of suffocate them in the second half. So if Atletico can approach games, that would be great. So it begs me to the new question, uh, brings me to my new question. Kev, do you think Cholo needs to change his approach in the Champions League and play more like he did against City in this return leg two seasons ago? Or should he maybe maintain what he has been doing in the past or continue like he's been playing now in La Liga? Um, well, it depends on, on the quality of our position. I personally think in, in the group, he, um, you guys have the quality to, to carry on what he's doing um, in, in La Liga um, because, again, there's, there's decent quality of our position there. But in my opinion, you guys have got a far better better squad than, than the three you're you're up against. Beyond that, it depends on the opposition. If if you're playing um if you get Man City again, hope not, but let's say you do, then of course then you need to, to tweak things a little bit and and maybe as you said, play more like in a way like he did in the second leg at the Metropolitano um a couple of years ago, which which is actually probably because of the quality of City, it's one of the best athletic performances I've I've personally ever seen. Um but um, my my feeling would be that just to try to keep doing as much of what he's currently doing in, in the Champions League, because I think you've got the quality to do it. You've got the character to do it. The the, the fear about other teams counter-attack on, on, on you, uh, I think, is less of a problem because you've got way more defensive cover. In Soyuncu now, Aspidiqueta, you've got Ronaldo to come back at some point, and he's crucial in, in the back three when he plays, as I've mentioned uh, I mentioned earlier about Hamoso on the ball, but off the ball, I think he can step in. Um, he can defend wide areas because he has had spells at um, at left back, and and you've definitely got more defensive. It's not like in the past where if Savic and Jimenez weren't weren't fit, you you were in trouble. Uh, Vitzel's done well in, in the back three as well, so I think there's there's less concern about, in my opinion, anyway. There's less concern about about that. There's less concern defensively. Probably, probably in the Champions League at the moment. Apart from the the, the the defensive midfielder situation, my only question mark would be if something bad happened long term to Molina. Because apart from that, I think everything else is is covered. Yeah, yeah, I get your point, and I think uh, 
well, if Molina has an injury, then that will be taxed now for Aspilicueta and Lorente, which would be a very, which would be a drop in quality. But I think defensively wise, they can do the job. And now it affects the game plan and everything. And I would be happy if Chulo can continue to do much of what he's doing now in the Champions League and not track things and revert back to, let's say, a little of 2016 and the rest. And that would be actually fantastic to see. And as for the performance against City, I keep singing that performance because that is actually, like you said, one of the best I've ever seen Aleti play. And to make a Godzilla team kind of actually play long balls and struggle to progress the ball was just fantastic. So, um, Kelf, um, on to um, Aleti's game this weekend. We have talked about Sevilla, the, tr- the struggles they are going through and some of the things they need to do to get better. So, Kelf... Um, what do you expect from the game against um, Sevilla tactically or what are some of the things you want the listeners to keep an eye on? Well, tactically, I, I don't expect anything too different from what he did on Monday. I, I don't know what he... I, I, I would guess that the lineup's going to be the same. I can't see any reason for him to change it, apart from, of course, the obvious one, because... Um, uh, I think Memphis is out, so Memphis would be out, and and I, I assume Morata will 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 come in. And I think tactically, you guys might might be a little bit more direct um, because of the fact that Sevilla press high and they're spacing behind. And and it, and probably the other thing that's just come back into my head: if Carrasco isn't around, then who he puts on the left? My guess is it'll be Samuel Lino, but it it, it could be Javi Galan, which. Wouldn't be a massive surprise, but it, it would be a little one because he's not played a minute or, already this season. But I think, well, Sevilla, we know they're going to be 4-2-3-1, 4-4-2. As you said, probably Suso in, in, in the roll-off, in the 10 in the roll-off in Naziri. I'm interested to see what he does in midfield. Sats, uh, so started against, against Girona. He could start again alongside um, Rakitic. But as we mentioned earlier, Sevilla, they'll, they'll press high, they'll, they'll play direct when they can. But I think you guys have, have the quality, particularly um, on, the left, on the left side with it, when Hamoso brings the ball out, you can play it through that way. Um, there was good spells in the Rio game where Griezmann and Saul were, were in the pockets and then, you've, and then you'll have the different threat of, of Murata going in behind, which could be a good thing actually it might even free up more space for Griezmann and for and for Saul if he plays and yeah and I just think with with the quality you guys have got the fact that you guys are at home Sevilla will make it difficult but I'm, I think that it'll be another win for Atleti um, Well Kev um, thanks on that um, and you just mentioned Saul can we talk about Saul for a moment because it's like he has taken a U-turn and it's like Cholo finally has like we mentioned has found a system for the players, we talk about the players. I'm talking about all the players because they're like everyone feels happy. No matter who comes into the team, he knows what to do and he's also playing as best. So, what do you think may have changed around Saul? Because there were rumors of him leaving, but it seems like he wanted to stay to win his position to be with the Saul that we saw in the 2016 Champions League, scoring, scoring a Golazo versus Bayern. So, what do you think may have changed for Saul? Well, I think the biggest factor is he, he's now kind of back in midfield because for a long period after that 26 seconds thing, he was he was played on the left wing, on the right wing. He had a lot of spells at left back or, or, or left wing back when Cholo first started looking at at the back three. And I think, and the biggest factor is, is that Cholo's playing Seoul not just in his best position, but in his best role in that position. Because 
he has played Saul deeper, but that's not the best to get. That's not, the, in my opinion, the best way to get out of Saul. The best to get the best out of Saul, you need to allow him to do what he did on Monday, which is basically playing high up the pitch, making runs in between the centre back and the full back. It's perfect illustrated for uh, for your second goal on on Monday against against Rio and and his ability to to get into the box to put crosses. As you mentioned, he does have a goal in him, and I just think for the fact that. He's more settled on the pitch, which means he's more settled off the pitch, which means he doesn't really want to to leave Atleti. I don't think he even wanted to go when he went to Chelsea. I just think he he wanted to go and be like, right, I want to play in midfield because that's my position and prove to everyone that I can play. And that's sometimes the downside when you're positionally versatile, like like Saul and like um, Llorente, when you're happy to play anywhere. You know, coaches then overuse that and then the player ends up thinking, well, no, I'm a midfielder. I want to play in midfield. So I think the, the biggest factor is just for the fact that Saul is, is back in his role, back in his best position. And, and of course, we still need a run of games because it's only been really the one game he started there because it's been um, Lamar started the couple before that. But if Saul can have a consistent run there, I think he links well with, with Griezmann when they play kind of close to each other um, in certain situations. And I think he could be a very, very important player, which, as you said a few weeks ago, probably no Atleti fan thought would be the case. Well, um, like you touched on, he's back in midfield and he's doing what is best at And we all know what's always best at, making runs into the box. And that's actually great for Atleti because majority of Atleti's off-the-ball runs come from the right-hand side. And now... If Sao can be playing as a left interior, which is a role Lemar has pretty much made his own, or oh, when the ball plays there, he doesn't actually do that. But if Sao can actually do that, that's actually great because he kind of gives an ability a new dimension. Because he can start, or Lemar can start games, and what happens? The off the ball runs can be coming from the right, and what happens? Sao comes as a substitute, and then he gives another thing. To be honest, I'm just excited for this Aleti team because things, it's true, things are going on well, but. Looking at the possibilities from those who come off the bench and what they can offer just gives you a positive vibe about things and also a positive feeling of what this team can actually achieve this season. And Kev, um, I think you already touched on what we can watch on the Sevilla game. And like you talked about the fact for Sevilla, we all know what to expect, a high-pressing team. And my last question concerning the game, do you think this would be a latest, like toughest test in terms of testing their build-up that they have faced so far? Because for me, having Savage in the team is good because of his experience and how he knows how Cholo wants and what Cholo wants. But I kind of feel like he's a detriment to Aleti's build-up or position-based phase because he's not really that good with the ball, especially under pressure. So I want to ask you, would this be Aleti's toughest test Aleti has faced with the build-up? Because with Savage, I kind of feel like the left-hand side is the only source of build-up and it's kind of making things one-dimensional. Yes, yeah, so you're basically asking about Savage, weren't you? And uh, and and could it be the toughest in in build up? Um, probably. I mean, I expected that to be the case from Rio, and I think I think I said it on Twitter after the game. I think the idea from Rio to press you was right. They just got the execution wrong. So and I, yeah, so I do think that Sevilla can can be a test, and it, and it could be interesting regarding. I mean, he may not, he may not even play Savage. And that's and, and as we were talking earlier, he does now have defensive options. If he's worried about Savic on the ball, he can then think, oh, I can try. Maybe Aspilicueta will come back in, for example, on the right. And it could be Aspilicueta, Witzel and, and Hermoso in the back three. But will it be Athletic's toughest test? Probably, because um, if you look, 
it, it could be the toughest test. I think Betis was was another a different toughest test. But in terms of, as you mentioned, Sevilla's high press and and the fact and and that sort of thing. Yes, it probably is Athletic's toughest test so far. So, given that that would be Athletic's toughest test, so what would be your predicted? What would be your the line of your position for the lineup for the game, which will enable Athletic to be able to easily bypass or bypass Sevilla's press because Tati Morata is already indicating that it will be a route given that Alex will play long balls him like they did against City. And also Memphis's injury obviously indicates that Morata starts the game. So what would be your predictable your predictable lineup for the game? Oblak, um Azpilicueta, Vitzel, Hamoso, the back three. Um, Melina, DePaul, Barrios, Saul and Samuel Lino as the five. Uh, Griezmann and Morata up front. Yeah. Fair enough. Well, I agree pretty much what you said and hopefully that's what Cholo used. So to wrap up the podcast and we are going to talk about La Liga because the start of the season La Liga has been so good, crazy, entertaining, filled with goals, filled with Crazy actions. You have Stoani slam dunk on Lenoman. You have uh, Rafinha's, I don't know what to call, uppercut or whatever. So it's been actually exciting. So, Kevin, what are some of the standout things uh, you have realized, or maybe listeners of Aliti who want to be interested in following La Liga, not just Aliti, should keep an eye on because we already know a certain guy from Dortmund, who is an Englishman, has already won his first award in Spain, which is him being the player of the month of August and he plays for a certain team. So, apart from that, um, what are some of the things <laughs> you think have been exciting in that regard? <laughs> I, I did wonder where, what you were, how you were going to uh, go with that. Yeah, uh, I think um, from a neutral point of view, I think Isco has been absolutely brilliant. Uh, so good to see him back in La Liga and, 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 and doing well at Betis, I think. We've spoken about them a, a tiny bit um, and uh, Girona have been absolutely brilliant as well. They've lost a few key players, but have shown that it's providing that you recruit in the right way. It's not really a problem. The fact that only one team in Sevilla has zero points again, I think, um, even though it's only three games, shows the competitive nature of of the league. And, and the fact that hopefully we're going to have three, a proper three-horse um, title race in terms of you know you and 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 Barca and 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 the other team that you don't want to want to talk about can can stay up there as and also but but be consistent throughout the whole season and um yeah I think La Liga's been a it's had a great start to it and um just looking forward to how everything uh, how how the season progresses and 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 the fact that Sevilla have only uh have only uh, are the only team on zero points just shows the competitive nature of of the league and that we and that hopefully we'll have a fantastic battle at the top of the league as we have done at the, at the bottom for the last uh, few seasons um well like you mentioned isco has been one of the standout players in the start of the season and you have other players like um kubo who has been also great even though laria have not been great great because mm-hmm. they have been inconsistent throughout the 90 minutes, the three games they have played. And then you also have a certain Lamin Yamal from Barcelona who, in Rafinha's absence, has come onto the scenes and is kind of really good. I hope Barcelona can handle him well because I hope they don't make the same mistake they made with 
um, how, they may be fatty when he came back from injury and also with um, with Pedri. So I hope they manage him well. And for example, and you have um, Alex Bay who is, who is mm-hmm. going on under the radar because he has been fantastic, especially in space occupation and also facilitating his teams on the in the possession phase, be it from the build-up or also in the final third with making off the ball runs to create space for teammates or being at the end of passes to score goals like he did versus Barcelona. And then um, you have, uh, excuse me, you have uh, Girona who I think Mitchell has kind of, last season was like his growth because his Rio team, his Huesca team, they kind of did well and in my opinion, do not really deserve to go down because they play one of a very good football, but he was still growing up as a manager and I believe this season he's showing that maturity because his team are very good at attacking, but he's learning how to man, better manage the game, win games, and also tell his team when to be aggressive, when to do this, like the game against Sevilla where he was insisting to his players to try to keep a hold of the ball so that they can kind of take away a lot of the energy of Sevilla because Sevilla were actually playing at home and they were high pressing, looking for a sec- looking for a, an equalizer. So that was actually great from seeing because Girona has been my team of the season. And then the other team for Madrid, whose player won the player of the season, they have actually been great with their 4 4 2 diamond. And you have um, the Englishman from from Borussia Dortmund, Kev, I know you know his name. I'm sure you can say his name, but well, Bellingham. So he's been actually a joy to watch yeah. because Vinicius and um, Rodrigo kind of playing as the strikers kind of actually make, in fact, makes in such a way that defenders don't have a, a standing line to, to mark and that kind of creates opportunities for Bellingham's runs into the box and with players like Cruz who can pick him out, also Kamavinga, they are very good players and then you can have what is happening and him is scoring goals and being the goal scorer of La Liga at the moment. So that's good for them. Hopefully things change soon and that will not be so good for them. And then going to the other side, you have Rayo, which in my opinion, forgetting about the Alitis, very tough defeat because I believe their intentions were very good on and off the ball. And they what killed them, mm-hmm. like you mentioned, was execution, which... It happens at times and they were just unlucky to be facing Atleti side who were having a very, very good day and were very merciless. Because in the opening two games, they were fantastic. So those are some of the things which have been great in La Liga. So, Kev, um, to maybe wrap up the pot, I'm going to ask you who is your best player because you also have the best under 23 player and Atleti's own Pablo Barros who has been fantastic in the second half as Betis and also in the game as Rayo is one of the nominees along the likes of Kubo, Lamin Yamal. So, Kelf, I'm going to ask you, you give you an award, who is your best player? Your best under 23, best so far in the month of August, your best goal, and also your coach of the month in La Liga. Uh, player of the month, uh, Jude Bellingham, for a, a lot of the points you mentioned, he's been fantastic, settled in really quickly, and and having that um, opportunity to to just become a leader already is, is fantastic. Best under 23 player, uh, I'm probably going to go uh, Nico Williams of Athletic Club. He's had a fantastic start to, to the season. And I think um, he's becoming more decisive. He's making better decisions in the final third. And and yeah, I mean, if he can get that right, then maybe Athletic's problems with, with, with goals is, is less of a problem. Favourite goal, very difficult, very difficult. Um, Favourite... The, the favorite goal already. Um, 
Memphis, Memphis, Memphis. Memphis. <laughs> you were saying that that came back into my head. Yes, uh, Memphis on the opening day against Granada. Um, was the other one best coach? Was the other one that you wanted me to answer uh, the best coach so far? Yes, best coach. Yes, oh, so easy. far. Michel. Michel. Yeah, um, as you've mentioned, he's, he's become even better. He, he was a little bit unlucky, as you said, at Huesca and, and, and Rio. Teams play very, very well. Not too dissimilar to to the way his Girona team play now. They're just better in both boxes. He's got better players making better decisions and and he's getting important results. And um, I don't know if you any knows you're any Girona fans, but uh, I just want to say publicly that if that's when in the future Brighton lose Roberto De Zerbi, I would really like... Michel to to replace him. Kelf, Kelf, Kelf. The Premier League has taken Andoni Raola, which is one of the best coaches in the last season. Now you want them to take another? <laughs> Not fair. Not fair. I'm sorry, man. But I'm sorry. Genuinely, if there's any, <laughs> okay, that's fair. Fair enough. As apology, not accepted yet, <laughs> because you might be giving a hint. So please, not good. And you're using the purport to do that so not good so but well if there's any place i want um would like me to go is bright in a healthy environment which is not so dissimilar from that of Girona because yeah. Girona kind of do in kind of the healthy way which is kind of good and also the way brighton likes to play football or wants to play football is not dissimilar from how mitchell sees football so that will actually be a good partnership hopefully he stays in la liga for us the la liga viewers and us the la liga lovers but Career-wise, going to Brighton would be fantastic oh, yeah, if, for Mitchell because actually he deserves it. Yeah, yeah. If, if Mitchell does not come to Brighton, I'm exactly like you. I pray he stays in England, stays sorry, stays in La Liga and and goes to one of the uh, bigger clubs in in a couple of seasons' time. I don't want him to leave Girona yet because he's still doing fantastic work at Girona. But uh, but as you said, Iriola's come across. Mitchell's is doing fantastic work, and there's others. We were talking about Paco Lopez earlier. Paco Lopez is a fantastic coach. I think he'll get a bigger job in La Liga in the next couple of years. And there's a, and there's a few others that could end up doing that as, as well. Oh, for sure. Agreed. I believe. And I'm a, I was a, I'm a huge fan of him because of the way he sees one. I believe also he's sucking from um, Levante and him maybe spending some time before taking on a grader job has kind of improved because I, I've watched their games this in two of the three games and I've seen a lot of emphasis on of out of position shape, which was something which was kind of a little bit non-existent in his Levante team. Yeah. So I think he's also evolving and he's kind of, I will keep my ideas, but I will improve what I'm weak at, which is fantastic. And Kelf, um, I know I've said this one last question, but among the three promoted teams, which are you most impressed with? Because one of the teams I have not enjoyed so much watching is Las Palmas, but I enjoyed that game versus Vesperas. that they were actually kind of good and I kind of... They kind of continued why showed why they were had the stingiest defense in the second division, which is the second last season, because they were actually they keep the ball very well and they kind of use it as a means to defend and they have a very good rest defense, which is to counter counteract um, counter attacks, which is actually great. So they are the team I've been kind of impressed with so far, newly promoted side. So what about you? Yeah, I think the Palmas have been have been good. Girona, as, as we've mentioned. Um, I'm just trying to think. I think Athletic Club, after after a really poor game against Real Madrid, have, have been fantastic. And the others, Valverde is a coach I, I like a lot. So I'm glad he's doing well. Anyone else to, to mention? 
probably not at the moment. I mean, it's still only three games in, but yeah, I, I'd probably say Athletic Club. Kev, I was asking him, um, in newly promoted club, which have impressed oh, because you have um, Granada, you have... Newly yeah. promoted, yeah. Yeah, okay, I think there was a, a communication thing. Um, yeah, I would say out, out of the three, Granada, I think they've they've been good, as we've mentioned, Paco Lopez's experience in the league and the fact that you've mentioned he's he's gone away, learned. They've got um, very good at, at attacking players in Azuni and uh, uh, Brian Zaragoza, who I think both could be fantastic uh, players for them this season. I think Alaves have been good in the games I've seen them play as well. Unlucky to lose at Getafe. And I think Las Palmas have, have, have done OK. Um, not really a goal threat, but they have a lot of the ball. They play good football. And if they can get it right at the top end of the pitch with 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 with, with Sandro or, or Munir or, or, or Cabba, then they can easily stay up in La Liga. Oh, for sure. Like you said, um, I love it. I think for Las Palmas, their issue will be getting the goals because they will actually be very good with the ball and they are actually also good without the ball. And as for Granada, like you said, they have a lot of fluidity, a lot of attacking talent, and they will score a lot of goals. They are going to entertain us. That's what the Pacolo best teams do. And as for Alavés, Alavés, we know they are going to try to stay up, and they are going to make the most of the Mendes Rosa, which is a very good ground. Which is a ground is also difficult to get results from there. We can all recall Real Madrid losing there, so it's not going to be easy. So, um, finally, we have come to the end of the pod after talking about Leti, talking about Champions League, talking about... Um, in fact, Spanish football in general, because I am a huge fan of Spanish football, and so are you. So, Kev, it's been great chatting with you once again on the Papot. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. And uh, it's been fantastic to to speak to you once again. Can't wait to do it all over again very soon. For sure, Kev. Well, due to time constraint, we had to cut that conversation short because we can go over, over and over, and <laughs> we know we'll never stop because it's got to be just great. Yeah. It's like discussing with someone who kind of have a positive vibe and also has an insight on football and it's kind of also well honest to like say, I don't know this, I know this, which is actually great. Something you don't find very often because at the moment, especially on FT, it's like everybody knows everything. <laughs> yeah, as you said, it, 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 as you said, it's just great to, to speak with, uh, with someone that has similar ideas, but also, uh, as you do, provides uh, fantastic questions for me to think about. Thanks. So, um, on that note, um, we come to the end of the report. And Kelf, I wish Brighton good luck in the UEFA Conference League. And also, sorry, I think Brighton are in the Champions uh, Sorry, in the Europa or Conference League? Uh, Europa. Europa. So, okay, I wish Brighton the best in the Europa. If they were in the Conference League, I would say I wish them the best and I want them to win. But given us as soon as they not make it, but well, I wish them the best in the Europa League. And a fantastic season for Brighton and maybe hopefully this time around they can actually go a step higher hope so too thank you very much so if you have listening right up to this point thank you for listening to the Pastor Apatio podcast and remember Nunca Dehadi Pray never stop see you next time